it, there's like themes in there that really bring up questions for me. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I've also witnessed so many people be preyed upon with marketing tactics and mm. essentially get burned by trends. Okay, let's get to the bottom of that peach bit. Welcome to Peach Pit Fitness Podcast on the Think Fit Be Fit Podcast Network. My name is Jennifer Schwartz, and in this episode, Meredith Mack and I are discussing a very big topic in the fitness industry, which is group exercise. Throughout this episode, you will actually hear us refer to it as community-based fitness and group exercise. We will be drawing on decades of experience to examine why group fitness is so popular, why there are cult-like followings, and you know, what inspires us about it and what we want to criticize about it. Then we're going to throw it back to the 90s and really talk about the essence of group fitness and our experience with it. This is a fun and dynamic episode. And it's really important, really, just to ask ourselves, this fixture in the exercise fitness industry is here to stay. And let's pay some respect to it and, you know, put it under the microscope and ask ourselves, what are we actually doing? Our goal with each of these shows is to create a new commentary on fitness and provide perspective with our knowledge and experience in exercise mechanics, strength training for women, anatomy, injury, and really how the body adapts. Be sure to subscribe to the Think Fit Be Fit feed so that you don't miss these episodes and the opportunity to enjoy exercise beyond a superficial level. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode. Today, uh, we have um, what I think is kind of a loaded topic in <laughs> the fitness industry, what something we are calling community fitness. And so the structure of this episode is going to be a little different um, as as it should be, because it has such a big implication all over exercise and fitness. So. I think, you know, I'm just going to give you kind of the rundown of what we're um, going to be sharing, which is what is this thing about community fitness? Uh, what are the, you know, main categories of it? And, you know, why? And, and then the main question really, does it inspire us? Why is it so popular? And, you know, why is it a permanent fixture in fitness? And then... The other, um, you know, and the other things to note is that we're going to be both objective and subjective in this matter. I found a really interesting article to kind of kick this off and really kind of get people, um, get, get, give them a little perspective, like context for what we're talking about here. Um, unless do you have anything to add Meredith before I, no, I don't, this? I'm, I'd love to hear what you have to say next. <laughs> <laughs> so it's from a online, I don't know, blog, bloggy news site called business insider, okay. which is, it's an interesting, I, I always find myself clicking on their headlines. I will say, uh, mm -hmm. I don't re, I don't refer to them as a like solid news source, but, uh, 
you know, I think this is an, a very relevant blog from 2015, actually November 7th. So, whoa. Oh, um, yeah. So it's like November 11th today. Yeah. 10th. yeah 10th. So it's called, I used to make fun of people who got sucked into the cult of soul cycle. Mm. And then I became Ooh. one of them. <laughs> this was the most, so- <laughs> yes. yes, I have to say of all of the research we've done for the last few episodes, this was the one that was really enticing and somewhat uh delicious in a (laughs) special way yeah yeah Yeah. we're and we're gonna get into that that is yeah exactly Mm. so um I'm just gonna skim through this and I do want to quote a few things in here because these are not our ideas here and you know 2015 was a pretty hot year for yes this type of uh market this, this definitely. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought this was really interesting. And I brought up a study in the Think Fit Be Fit interview that you did, Meredith, about mm. high school gym class. Oh, memories. yes, I remember that. Yes. Okay. So this is where I'm going to start my quote from this uh, blog. Okay. Quote, I have one very vivid memory of my high school gym class. I was lauded by the teacher for running a 10 minute mile, a true feat for a non-athlete. I let him praise me for my effort all the while knowing I had only made it around the track three times instead of four. He had somehow lost count of my laps in the shuffle of dozens of kids sprinting around the turf grass. Fine by me. Surprise. I hate to work out and I always have. And until recently, I thought I always would, but then I hit my late 20s and staying relatively fit and healthy with very minimal effort was no longer the easy task it was when I was a teenager. So this is her introduction into fitness. And I just thought that was really interesting to put in like the back of our heads here, like that um, there's an emotional context for her joining a a uh, very expensive fitness studio. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then I'm skimming down a little bit more. Um, I'm not enticed by any of these ads. Let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So she's now an adult and she's telling the story about having absolutely no motivation. And she's kind of rolling her eyes at her friends who run marathons for fun. Me too, mm. girl. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so she just is, you know, explaining this disparity between her and her social circle and she needs to figure something out. And that's when soul cycle enters her life. Her um, friend takes her to a class and she was totally dreading it, <laughs> but ended up loving it. And now she goes as much as she can. And here and then she goes on and lists the reasons why Soul Cycle works for her. Okay. Number one, it's in the dark. Soul Cycle is taught in the dark. <laughs> and um, it has expensive Jonathan Adler grapefruit scented candles. So I that's not that. <laughs> um, and um, you know, she's uh she, you know, she just likes that she's on her own in the dark, which I thought was an interesting concept to be in a small group <laughs> and also feel like right. in the dark. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, her second reason is 45 minutes and then it's over. Mm. Right. Um, and yeah, don't, 
that that's fine. And then her third reason is the instruction instruct, instructors are encouraging and kind. She never mm. felt intimidated by SoulCycle, quote, even though sometimes I find myself in a class surrounded by people who spin like pros while I'm often working my butt off to keep the beat. The instructors especially are great. I've long considered myself a cynic, but even I can't deny it feels empowering when a teacher tells me to sprint for the person who got up this morning and got on this bike. Okay. Uh, most of the instructors, my colleague points out, are performers and actor types and not necessarily people with a fitness background. Some people are, aren't into that, but I am. Okay, her fourth reason, hmm. the music is awesome. All right, I agree. Um, <laughs> music is awesome. <laughs> okay, number five, it's convenient for me. I wrote mm. for me because I have friends in San Francisco who love SoulCycle, but don't live anywhere near a studio. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I think convenience is, um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. Well, I, you know, I mean, she brings up some great points, but they're not exclusive to group fitness. Like atmosphere, I think is a huge part of why we choose to return to a certain gym, a certain atmosphere, why we don't like going to the gym, because maybe the atmosphere doesn't appeal to us mm -hmm. like finding. Yeah. So, I mean, she brings up all of these things that are very interesting, but not necessarily exclusive to group fitness, encouraging instructors, maybe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, the inter that's interesting though, that she even says that, you know, um, that a lot of the instructors don't necessarily have a fitness background or more performers, but that's okay with her. Like that's, she actually kind of maybe even likes that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I thought that was, yeah. I, so, uh, that was <laughs> I, I mean, and, and it's not necessarily right or wrong, but, mm -hmm. um, it does say a lot to like how people's personalities can encourage us to keep coming back and returning to something. Yeah. Um, and I, and I do think of group fitness as definitely like, you have to be comfortable leading a group. You have to be, um, there's a certain quality mm -hmm. that group fitness people have that isn't necessarily as necessary. If you are one-on-one -on -one training somebody, a certain like boisterousness, maybe <laughs> yeah. yes. I can, I can definitely Charisma. speak to that. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, I want to end. I want to kind of close this part off with her yes. last. Uh, oh, okay. Comment, cool. which, which is great. I'm she, sorry. Yeah, yes. she does go through some of the downfalls. Um, mm. They're not great. They're not like useful for our conversation. Is what I meant. I, oh, okay. But her last thing is that Soul Cycle is expensive, but it's actually cheaper than therapy. Mm. Whether mm. whether it can sustain me for a lifetime has yes yet to be determined, but for now I'll take it. So okay. she, I, that to me means, um, she's kind of settling for, um, I don't, I just settling. She's not, she doesn't indicate that she's yearning for more depth or connection in her exercise. She's, she's grounded in the idea that this gets her there. So, right. Well, and I think one of the really interesting things to discuss about all of this is like the journey, the fitness journey, the exercise journey, because that may be where she is today. That may work really well for her today. 
two years from now, it might actually open her up to the idea that maybe there is something else, or maybe she does want to explore it in a different manner. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, so that's one of the things that I'm excited to kind of talk about is that um, there are all of these entry points into the world of exercise. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of us, I think group fitness tends to be a less intimidating form rather than just like what, you know, showing up at the gym, not knowing what to do, feeling a little overwhelmed. Everybody kind of seems to know what's going on. This can be a way of finding out more information, having somebody else lead you in something, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I do think that that is absolutely like one of the benefits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I love the idea of opening the door and that it supports a model that is not striving for perfection. Mm. You can't strive for perfection in a group class that, but not that we are even interested in, in promoting exercise that has to be perfect or anything like that. But the idea that you can have an entry point and you know that perfection is not the goal might be also like a really encouraging thing that right. community fitness, group fitness has. Let's um back up a little bit. Yes. And Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, all good. Um, I just kind of want, you know, I thought it was a good idea to use that uh, blog yeah. as a way to, you know, it just introduced this concept and the the concept of community fitness, group fitness. I'm looking at it more as an element of fitness and exercise, not necessarily like what we were um, doing in our previous episodes with mm. box jumps and frog pumps. <laughs> yes, that, you know they are they 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 have um, a category, they have a home, and we know we can tell what kind of people use these types of um, th- those exercises. But this uh, is obviously, it's just a much bigger part of, you know, it's on the menu at every gym. It's on the menu. Uh, Right. And it needs to be, I mean, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. And especially with all of the boutique style, smaller, you know, showing up for just soul cycle, that's all they have there Mm. is soul cycle. And that has become um, a, a trend in the fitness industry. You Mm -hmm. go to rumble and it's just rumble. You go to, you know, CrossFit and it's just CrossFit. Uh, Yeah. It's a little bit different, but. And that's the kind of line of thought we wanted to follow today was that, whoa, this is very popular. This is a, you know, in the small lifespan of gym and exercise, Mm. you know, the, the, the timeline that, um, not the trends have gone in and out, but like the, the popularity and, um, you know, how people use it is just so consistent and it drives trends, it drives, uh, markets, it drives, you know, um, local business, you know, there's like franchises and all kinds of stuff. So anyways, but before we do that, I uh, thought it was a good idea that we kind of have this like disclaimer about how we are attempting to be objective and that it might be hard for us. I, I know for me, it will be because of all the layers of exercise that I can look at and perceive and take in as being involved in such 
a big uh, permeating thing like group exercise. So it's, um, there's like themes in there that really bring up questions for me. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, I've also witnessed so many people be preyed upon with marketing tactics and Mm. essentially get burned by trends. So, and as someone who, who provides care for such people, I am particularly biased for a, like, I, I kind of turn my nose down at group fitness often. And I just wanted to say that before we got started. And um, so even though I, I also will say I've also taught group exercise, I have, it was my entryway into the fitness industry and you know, so there's just been this whole cycle. So it's just really hard to be as objective as possible with all this going on in the back of my head. Absolutely. I think that that's totally fair. I mean, you're human with human experiences. Like it's impossible for any of us to be completely objective about something that is so, um, has been a part, like I can relate to that. It's definitely, I have participated (laughs) in group fitness, um, and enjoyed it. And at a certain point in my life, like that was something that I, was a, was a mainstay in my exercise gym experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel differently about it now, mm-hmm. but also would be, you know, willing to take, it's not that I'm like, never, I would never do that again. It's just that I just see the limitations. Whereas before I wasn't as aware of the limitations. And if we're talking about wanting to be as effective and efficient and mm-hmm. hitting the nail on the head mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as much as possible, with, with the least amount of damage possible, mm-hmm. where does yeah. group fitness fall short? Mm-hmm. Just based on the way that it's set up, like it, mm-hmm. it can't help, but there's no way to make a customized program mm-hmm. or, you know, for everybody in a group fitness class. Yep. And yeah, so we're coming at it from that, but we are, you know, um, also looking at um, actual science on why it is so popular. Uh, and we are going to bring in other subjective things like, um, the different, uh, types of bonds that we Mm. may, uh, experience in a community atmosphere, in a fitness, in a group exercise atmosphere, you know, so I think a good way to start this whole, well, we've, we've started, my, you know, <laughs> uh, my socks are getting knocked off. And the, um, you know, a good way to, to get a little bit more organized here is, you know, what are the main categories of group fitness, community-based fitness? And I'm just looking at my notes here. Yeah. Okay. So we did, um, you know, put this together, you know, just, a in a short little meeting and this is not anybody else's guidelines. Like there's no certifying body, like chiming <laughs> in on this. So just to let you guys know this, this is just how, this is just like a through the perception, you know, kind of conversation. So we have the um, high intensity uh, exercise with aerobic exercise in one category we have strength-based exercise in another category, and then we have skill-based exercise. And um, so did I miss, those are the three, correct? 
I, I actually had four. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> but, um, I, I had the aerobic dance based style mm-hmm. cardio, and then I had boot camp, high intensity mm-hmm. interval training, sort of like as a separate category from that, mm-hmm. but then also the strength based and the skill based. So, okay. and you know, I think that's like you said, there's no certified body. Like we're just sort of, we're trying to create some kind of system or way of, yeah. Um, yeah. Going through these things. Yeah. So we have, um, okay. So I think the strength one stands alone on its own pretty easily. So that would be the barbell type of classes and, uh, what else would there be? I think that was really it. We- yeah. You know, we were to put like, right. Like CrossFit into that category. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you used to teach mm-hmm. Les Mills, right? Yes. That was my first so, certification. And, and that was like body pump and body mm-hmm. combat. What is there like oh, a man, step? Like I don't Five or six there were, brands now. Back then it was just like three, maybe. And okay. bod- body pump is their main one. I remember body pump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's- so it's like, it's, it's done by, it's categorized by song. Okay. So the first song is a warm up. The second, and these are not barbells. These are like, if, if there's like a. Well, then that's because that's, that's what I would. <laughs> and I'm thinking of is the barbell that you would use in a Les Mills class, which was like basically a piece of, it just it doesn't really weigh much. And then you no. put the little weights on the sides and. They're but do cute. you consider they're cute? Yeah. <laughs> so you wouldn't necessarily because like I wouldn't consider that even though it would be their version, I think, of a strength class, right? Mm-hmm. So I let's just take the you know, one song. There's a the second, the first song is a warm-up. The second song is all squats. So you're doing oh wow. Squats, squats for like three minutes. <laughs> four, maybe four, five. Wow. So they have quarter squats, half squats, pulse squats, um, all with about 15 pounds on your back, which, um, I mean, it's, it, 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 it's intense because that's only the first song. Um, and then you go into deadlifts, which, you know, I'm not going to dismiss anybody's sensations in an exercise, but if you felt a real deadlift and a real stretch on your hamstrings, this song, this ain't cutting it. And, um, so they have a deadlift song. They, and it also includes these like really, um, light, uh, power bursts. They do like a clean impress thing in inside the deadlift song. And then there's a tricep song. There's a bicep song. Those used to get me, those were for me, creating the most uh, discomfort and problems because bicep curls for four minutes is not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then there's, there's, um, there's a chest press song and that, and they, and they do push-ups in that one. Uh, I'd say that was a really good place to get injured as well. So again, like not being objective here, like I, I've, I experienced, I was only 24 years old and right. these classes were causing overuse in, in me. Well, I just right. finished playing soccer on a, a semi-professional level. I was in shape. Right. Right. Like, so, yeah. So I, what I is that know. doing to somebody who doesn't have like an athletic background or, mm-hmm. um, but that's such an interesting thing. Like that's, and 
and so that would be the same class format for each month or that would change like the songs would just change or the format would they like but that's generally the yeah they called them releases so you would get uh a release which was a set of like eight nine songs and you would get a choreographed um like scheme of exercises and you had to follow the scheme because it also went to the music like the beats and the tempo of your movements were all choreographed pre-made okay and so you would stick with that for a number of weeks I'm just curious did they ever give you any information on like um what happens if somebody stops midway through the song do you just do you try to do there's no sort of like in you know guidelines mm. as to like you should encourage I tell them to leave the class I don't because yeah, it would no, seem like yeah it was just take, more take a break and start again when you can yeah the, you don't it's like you really I don't even think you say anything um I just remember do. kind of the most important thing that they wanted from the instructors was the pep and okay the tempo they were like you right. have to show them the tempo because that's the you know that's their sauce right that's their magic so and are you expected as the instructor to do the whole entire class or do you go around the room and you're like helping people with their form? You are expected to do the class. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember, you know, I was so bright eyed and dumb that <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I would have, and maybe um, I just knew my place. Like I probably wasn't going to go to correct anyone okay no, I was knowing where I was the... intellectually yeah I wasn't well um I... but I'm also not a rule follower Meredith so <laughs> very I know I was gonna say don't be self-deprecating I'm sure you like had <laughs> how short-lived was it how long were you a group X instructor um or like on and off mills? yeah on and off for less mills not that long probably about okay. six months but I remember I just it. wouldn't want to do all the classes with people and that would yeah. be hard to do that many classes. It was hard. Yeah. I would, I have to say I was perpetually sore and tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not in a way where you're like, wow, I really like challenged something, but almost like just like overuse tired. Yeah. 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 Because I was also trying to like build a career and understand what I was doing and meet people, you know, it was a way for me to market myself and that's how I saw right. it. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. And yeah. And then I also taught a, you know, and that evolved, I'd say my group exercise experience evolved um, when I worked at the sports club LA and I was teaching like a really, really popular spot. It was like a mm. 9 a.m. Saturday boot camp, mm. And that was pretty coveted. And then I also did like a spot, you know, like I had, a, it was like a wait list to get in. So I had that like soul cycle like it factor That's right the exclusive exclusivity yes yeah cue the glitter uh, <laughs> <laughs> the glitter um what do you call them instagram oh filter thing filter. yeah cue yes yes unicorn horn or something yeah, unicorn. <laughs> and, um then that evolved to you know, the strength and conditioning for me, that was, you know, a huge, that's been a huge influence on my whole career was strength and conditioning and being a sport coach. So, you know, all these things just 
that's all group exercise technically, but they're all very different. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I was just, when you said that, I was thinking that that almost let, lends more into, or leads more into like a skill-based when you're actually talking about being proficient in sports and like really mm-hmm. getting specific about what it is you're trying to train for. And that's I like, I think that that's a great, um, especially if it's like a smaller group, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like a great way to use group fitness mm-hmm. in that yeah. more skill-based specific four to five people yeah yeah. that's awesome yeah that for me was something I relied on as a client during the first part of the pandemic and that studio just closed October 31st it was really Mm. it's really sad um and the owner of that studio has been on think fit be fit twice oh wow yeah so she um you know she created a of four was it four and then five later on months later set barbell setup four to five barbell setups in a room that used to have 22 spin bikes (laughs) wow yeah so the you know pandemic really changed so many people's models so she went back to her roots uh in strength and conditioning because it was a cycling studio and she was like well I can't have the bikes in here. We got to move them outside. Yeah. And so that's where it came oh, from. And she has, uh, she had created just like such a great community. It was, um, they were great classes. And I, you know, I spoke about it at length with her on one of the episodes. So I am going to link that episode. I think. Yeah. Worth, I would like yeah. to, I don't know if I heard well, that. Well, we talked about it in the context of like the most, it was the hundredth episode, one of the, okay. And the hundredth episode represented like, let's talk about what we've learned from 2020 Mm. as far as group fitness. And let's take that. What, what is the trends for 2021? Right. And one of the things we said was like skill-based being small group. So four or Mm. five people. So this, my stamp of approval is already on that kind of class. I would say when I, um, work with, and, and Gigi and I were talking about this, um, as far as, uh, in our live on Monday and it had to do with feedback. And when you're doing a skill-based activity, you don't necessarily want someone hawking over you. Right. You want space to practice. Yeah. Yeah. And this can offer that. And I, I, I've been in the past few weeks trying to mm-hmm. go back to ballet class. And mm-hmm. that's a really good point um, because I'm at a place where I feel like I know enough to what I, what I'm supposed to be doing sort of like, I like having the feedback, but also I'm not where I was before. Mm-hmm. And I sort of know what I need to practice to get better. And it's not going to happen in this moment. It's not going to happen next week, but it's like that process and having the space to sort of you know, not have somebody be like, it's got, you know, it, that's, that's stressful when somebody's on top of you and mm-hmm. yeah. So sometimes that's too much, mm-hmm. but like a nice group atmosphere, I think can be really encouraging mm-hmm. enough to where you can, um, you want to keep moving forward, but like mm-hmm. having the space to also, you know, go at your pace that you, that feels right for that time. Yeah. Exploration is Mm. a big 
theme that is coming up here. Mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's move on to aerobic dance type since you just brought it up. And yeah. so we put this cat, we, we named this category specifically because of like the history of this yes. whole entire thing. So what were you saying in, uh, in the notes before? about well so I think I think that it's really important this is an important category mm-hmm. because it's really I think where we can look at the birth of group fitness as we have really come to know it for the majority of its time in the exercise world and so mm-hmm. Kenneth Cooper mm-hmm. is um called the father of aerobics he coined the term aerobics back in the late 60s mm-hmm. um So it was, he's sort of credited with this genre of group fitness because it was because of his aerobics and like the fact that we should be working on our cardiovascular health through aerobics that programs like jazzercise or dance aerobics came to be. So um, there were two women, Jackie Sorensen, who Mm -hmm. um, developed today, what is what we know as aerobic dancing in 1969. And then Judy Shepard Massette, who she created Jazzercise, which was a blend of dance, Pilates, yoga, resistance training, and that kind of stuff. So it's from, like, it seems like those are the people that sort of started this group fitness momentum. Mm Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that, you had people come along like Richard Simmons, Jane Fonda. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then you have like Johnny G who created spinning, which was like a whole new idea of getting people together on, um, very hot bikes in a room. Right. And like, think about that. I mean, that was back. I I don't have a year for that, but like uh, the Mm eighties, nineties and like, that's still, and, and even just the way that spinning itself has evolved to like something like soul cycle, where we almost like think of it as like an, like some people will call it like a spiritual experience or like some kind of, Hmm. uh, more than just spinning, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then you have step aerobics Mm -hmm. and like all, so all of these things sort of, uh, focus on this more cardiovascular aerobic component. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's to note, like, that Kenneth Cooper uh, is is well known in exercise science. He's one of the granddaddies, really, of um, the the Cooper Institute, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, just aerobics in general. He's had a huge influence, uh, especially more in the South. Like you don't hear about him as much up here. And yeah, Dallas. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Based in, yeah. So, uh, and, you know, I just think it's, uh, you know, it's just interesting that the reference we just made that you just made is more about, you know, um, what he found was extremely helpful for helping move the needle aerobically, Mm. right? It was um, like a revelation in, you know, I mean, it's a huge throwback and it's a, it's a, thing that doesn't get brought up a lot is how much that his work influenced Mm. the, uh, you know, the, the fitness industry, I think. So one of the interesting things that I read, um, I wish I had like gotten a quote from it, but it was that his father, Mm. um, something about how up until that point, 
of him sort of saying like, this is actually beneficial for cardiovascular reasons. Up until that point, it was thought that, um, that aerobics or aerobic training actually made your heart weaker, hmm. like that you were taxing your heart in a way that made you more susceptible to cardiac cardiovascular events. And I, I need to, yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah. But that there was more of like, like, it was like a strain on the heart that you couldn't, it, it wouldn't, you know, be good for you yeah. from a health perspective. So his work sort of shifted that perspective. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah. So like, yeah. So like if we go back to, you know, all the fun commentary about the outfits <laughs> and all that stuff, you know, I that's mean, where that's we're at. One of <laughs> yeah. Well, so again, like, I think that that is a part of, of a lot of these things. And I was going to go in one direction and say like, I love leg warmers and leotards and all of those things. Right. It makes me so happy to see it. Um, <laughs> but that's just part of my background, mm -hmm. but also, um, when we talk about being a part of a group, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the stuff I was reading about CrossFit, it's like, it's not just that you go and you start to do this thing and you have this community. It's like, you start to eat paleo, you start to, um, do all the things. I don't know. You have the special socks and you have the, the, the tape and the stuff that yeah. becomes a part of that uh, community and like you become indoctrinated like into that tribe and that's very powerful stuff. So like with all of these things, yeah. like whether, you know, you're into spinning or Zumba, I mean, there's just clothes mm. <laughs> that go along with each of these things. Mm. Do you, yeah, so if I mean, you don't like the clothes, then don't get involved yeah. in the sport or the class. Yeah. I mean, think about how much Reebok was Renaissance mm. because of CrossFit. CrossFit. I mean, yeah, I it, but, and uh, <laughs> Reeboks are getting. We're we're gonna do with their. We're they're getting their own segment because right. Okay. <laughs> high tops and Reeboks. High tops. I mean, but even like right. Like I remember the step classes I used to do were like Reebok step classes. Uh -huh. It was yeah. <laughs> um, associations all right. with all of these things. And so, do you want to let's move on to I think one of the more modern ones, which is yeah. high intensity boot camp. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, from, you know, and this also can blend in. I, yeah, there's boot camp. Oh, God. That's like a bad word for me. Well, I don't like it, it either. <laughs> I'll just come right out. I don't like it either. I, I just, but it really goes back to the whole thing, right? Like, and I think. Uh, Tom used to say this in class. It's like if you, if you, boot camp is used to weed out people. Like if you are eighteen oh. and to to like we're trying to weed people out. We're not trying to. If you wanted to be in boot camp, go join the army. Like yeah. it's what is it about that? Even the idea of like a drill sergeant or somebody screaming over me while I'm, you know, dropping, give me 20. Like I just, mm. it brings up so much, like, why would I want to pay somebody to like scream at me? And, but the, I think well, some people do really like that mm -hmm. and respond well to it. Yeah. Maybe. I thought about it. I did. Yes. I did. And it uh, brought up this term that I learned with our friend, Nami. <laughs> oh, okay. And cool. It's, it's from a short movie, a short like film about like an outdoor, like a free climber and it's called suffer fest. So he was using this term in 
a very uh, endearing way that he meant the suffer was the bond. Mm. And that, and it also made me think about our conversation about the box jumps, like the shin mm. rashes. Yes, yes. Okay. We build yes. something. And we build a, a stronger bond. Yeah, mm. we're building this bond. And so it just really made me think about that. It also mm. made me think about, you know, if you go hiking in a group and the oneness that you feel with nature is, and it's a powerful. So I think that's where boot camp. That that was my um you know my caring and sympathetic take on it was that mm. Sufferfest is uh, a community a community fitness aspect that yeah. is it's just a powerful bonding tool and I, you know I looked at it like that um and you know the problems I have with boot camp in general it's it's usually it's always like a lot it's like a, a cup that's overflowing. And then, you know, you're just pouring water in it and it's just keep overflowing and you're doing that for 50 <laughs> minutes. Right. And so that like logistically is my problem with it. And, yeah. um, and then of course the emotional context of, um, you know, it's just, it's just the antithesis of everything that we talk about. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like that it has sort of uh, in a lot of ways, I think people see it as like the intense, um, like the best version of training or the most intense mm-hmm. version of training, or like the way that training is should be like advanced training is like a boot camp class. Like if you can do a boot camp class, you're like hardcore, you're mm-hmm. um, you're like advanced in your fitness or something. I just, I don't like that. That's the perception of what a lot of people look at as like, this is what exercise is Mm. or that it should be about like throwing up or, you know, no pain, no gain. Like those kinds of like mantras come up for me or I associate. Yeah. It's a stain, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, and, and the thing is, is there are people who, um, I think like are solid are, um, have a really high threshold for, um, stress Mm. and, and don't mind these styles of classes, but I just don't think that it's the majority of the population. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it does, uh, it, it devalues exercise as a whole. Um, so, you know, but you know, with that said, I have not tried a whole lot of boot camps in the last 10 years. And there is one style of boot camp that we discussed before mm. filming, and that is the the class by Taryn Toomey. Oh yeah. So yeah, and I mean it was, you know, and I remember I, I posted it in my stories. I was like, this is my version of hell after the class. And I do stick by that. However, uh, (laughs) and I've also, I've also done, I've done Tracy Anderson. I have done bar, um, and the, the class, and this was all like an experiment for me for literally for this podcast, um, years ago. So, you know, it started in 2018 and that was one of my first missions. I was like, I'm going to go try this stuff. 
and see what see what everybody's raving about. Yeah. You know, the boots camp style uh, class had this like shamanic vibe to it where they were encouraging the participants to scream and get their whatever their frustrations are out. It was calling on different chants and you know, it was like a made up shamanic episode. That's, that's what it was. So, um, and it was my version of hell because there were so many burpees. You were on top (laughs) of each other. Hold on. And petition for a new name for that exercise. I just, how did it even get to be called that is because it makes you burp when you like want to jump down. Like, I don't, does it have anything to do with burping? (laughs) So I started renaming burpees. Yes. I called them burps. So I don't think that's any better. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like I, maybe that's what, why they're called that because maybe like when you go down, that makes you burp. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I'll have to look it up. Maybe I'm it's like sure. the thud of burping a child. Oh. The best. Well, I'm, I'm not a fan. I don't like anyway. So. <laughs> so yeah, I called them burps because I took out the jump. So I, I just had the, the athletes, the soccer players go from a plank to like a squat position and then like hold their hands up, like stop. Like it was fun. And yeah, it was more about force absorption. Yeah. Um, than anything the, so I just called them burps and they, they were trending, you know, after a while they knew exactly what I meant when I said, okay, it's burp time. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's a small accomplishment as a coach is when all, <laughs> all the participants are like, we got you. And, um, so yeah, we could talk about the challenges of communication for group yeah. exercise instructors, <laughs> but I think, you know, we did a good job of kind of rounding it out, sharing our perspectives. And, you know, the whole idea is to like provide optics right. on this huge element of fitness and, you know, the, the food for thought, I found this really great quote on my Facebook feed, on like the timeline, you know, um, and it says, uh, the degree of a person's intelligence is directly related, no, directly reflected by the number of conflicting attitudes she can bring to bear on the same topic. And that was from a comedy novelist her name's Lisa Alther and I was just like you know what I'm gonna put this in here because it is true and this is hard to be objective and just be this like kind of voice of reason in like this whole subject for me I would like to like close this off with some of the findings that I've Uh, came across in the wonderful book, The Joy of Movement from Stanford health psychologist, Kelly McGonigal. So this book discusses joy and resilience as a byproduct of exercise, which is what I'm trying to sell you guys. It's a drug, okay? You cannot inject it. You have to work for it, but you get rewarded. (laughs) And the, you know, the idea is that we can get hope, courage, and happiness through exercise. Courage is a really interesting thing to talk about in, in the health psychology framework. And she goes into a lot of this. And that was kind of my favorite part of this book. 
but I think there's just a few concepts that she discusses that explains for me, it helps me ground into the idea of the cultural obsession with group exercise. And so that I don't have to be, and really just like butthurt about people dismissing this brand of exercise that I sell. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, I have to reconcile that, you know? Sure. And yeah. So the cultural, you know, obsession really isn't about surface level things, which is like a really big realization for me. It's about connection. So there's two terms that are actually researched in regards to building resilience and courage and joy. And she was using the joy factor as a way to measure how good exercise could be for health psychology purposes. So the joy factor, love it. (laughs) And the two terms are the persistence high and the cooperation high. So there's the runner's high is where this came from. And they were researching the runner's high and they found that there's no such thing as runner's high. It's actually persistence high. And that it just doesn't have, meaning it doesn't only happen in running. (laughs) So it still happens in running. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. But the persistence (laughs) high is about that same effect, that chemical cocktail you get that creates the itch to go back to exercise And it can come from any moderate activity for 20 minutes. So it's comfortable and a slight strain, not burpee territory or boot camp territory. So I thought that was really interesting. And that is uh, something that was controlled and researched. And I just thought, wow, like that people need to know about that. Yeah. (laughs) So it doesn't have to be such an aggressive thing in order to get some of that runner's high stuff. Yep. That's, yep. Yes, and you know, yeah, I mean, and it's a really cloudy, but exalted feeling. It's beautiful. Um, and it helps you like you, you can feel all the stresses of the day melt away. Literally it just goes poof when, when this high kicks in. So I welcome it. Um, I'm going to say most of us should welcome this sensation from our exercise because it's, it's literally the thing that's going to keep us back, going back. Um, and then the second one, which I think you'll love, is called the cooperation high. So high five. Um, <laughs> it's synchronized movement mm. and has its own high. So you can have a, you can oh, develop yep, a strong sense of trust and togetherness that comes from couples dancing, army marching, so even synchronized marching, mm -hmm, and exercise group activity, and dance class very specifically, even just music, dancing with music and choreography can create this high. Okay. 
So I thought, yep. I was like, there it is. That's like the thing. Um, And then she, I wanted to mention one more thing kind of in subtext from this book, which was green exercise, which ramps up the joy factor exponentially, which is literally just working out outside or going for a Mm. hike. It just pumps up the oneness factor and the togetherness factor. Oneness is a sensation that can elicit you know, brainwave activity that is very favorable to our mental and physical health, basically. And, you know, it's something that I find in almost all forms of exercise that are not aggressive. So it's like, that's one of the reasons uh, I'm here showing up for this podcast, really. But, you know, the good news is it happens Um, when you go out in nature and move, it can happen basically automatically. There's no like prerequisite for it. (laughs) I'm done. Do you have anything Uh, else? Well, I think that that's also beautiful. And I think like that really uh, what I'm hearing you say is that there's benefit to moving Mm -hmm. for one thing. Um, There can be benefits absolutely to moving in a group format. Mm. There can be benefits to exploring on your own all of you know your body and 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 diving into a more solo exercise experience mm-hmm. it's like knowing that you have all of these options and knowing um when to use them when's right for you because maybe there are certain periods of your life that you go through where you do want a more solo exercise experience but then mm-hmm. you know there are other times where we cherish being in a group, cherish working out outside versus in a gym. Mm -hmm. And there's like reasons why all of those might be beneficial. Yep. Bingo. So spoiler alert, context matters. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a question though. I was like, I wanted to, the idea of, um, like the class and like soul cycle mm-hmm. and uh, maybe even CrossFit to a certain extent, the idea of um, these more like church, like mm. using exercise. And I mean, I hear people say that anyway, even if they just go and they work with a personal trainer or they go and they just are regular at the gym, like that there's this, this is my church. This is my, mm. and when you said like shamanic experience sort of at the class and like the like catharsis or whatever, like screaming mm-hmm. and like shouting and, um, or the idea of like, even at soul cycle, like turning the lights down and having the candles and like these very, almost like trying to elevate it to a spiritual experience for people. Mm-hmm. I just, when you were in the class, did mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. I don't know. No. <laughs> um, the... Did you get that? Did you, or have you, what do you no. think about people using exercise in that way? Or I, you know, I, I can re- yeah. yeah, I've looked at the chemical reasons for that. Like I'm very, like my intellectual interests are in like the chemicals of exercise. Okay. And there's definitely like real things happening in our body that are exactly like doing drugs or experiencing spiritual elevations that happen during exercise. And I'm all, I'm here for it. Um, so but I'm not going to get so excited about cheapening the movement, right. the quality yeah. 
of your body and your muscles, specifically your muscles. We live in an age now where muscular health is being talked about. And as it should be, it's an extremely active metabolic tissue. And it basically holds like the, you know, the keys of uh, youth. And not that like, I'm trying to fight aging all the time, but don't you don't, I do want to feel good. I, I want those feelings of empowerment and self-efficacy from my exercise. So I'm not going to pretend like you can get that from a cheap version of movement. So but I feel this, I feel similar about yoga. Like I had one of my first spiritual awakenings was through Kundalini yoga, which is as culty as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and there's an outfit you wear all white. Mm. Have you seen it? Mm. The, the headdress yes. and everything. Yes. 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 So, and, um, and that, you know, that made me, that, that was one of the things that created such a bond with movement for me. Um, it, it, it dug me out of a deep depression. I was, I was probably 20, 22 or 23 at the time. And it, wow, it changed my life. So yeah, I, you know, I'm all for it, but you know, call it what I think I call it what it is. Call call the class, you know, the spiritual journey, something more like yoga. Don't tell someone you can build muscle during that class or whatever they're touting, like whatever they're touting, the, the marketing uh, tactics are questionable. Um, and the bottom lines, they have bottom lines. I know that. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know how to reconcile that except just yeah. call it what it is. Yeah. I was just curious. <laughs> it's a whole nother episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So chemical bonds of exercise. I'm into it. Um, <laughs> for our last uh, bit of commentary here. What is your, what, what's your memory of like the first group exercise experience you had as a, like a participant? I really, I was thinking about it and I really feel like I have to say it was, um, being like at the YMCA. Mm-hmm. So in my like late teens, early 20s, mm-hmm. I think that was like one of the first actual gym memberships I had. I mean, if you like was a membership to the Y and so they had like a whole list of classes and I like had teachers I liked and I would mm-hmm. follow them kind of around either to the classes they taught or it was just sort of like, I think at that point in my life, I was actually probably more into group fitness than mm-hmm. personal one-on-one training. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like an easy way for me to explore a lot of different things and kind of like mm-hmm. feel out the gym. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it was beneficial at that time for me as mm-hmm. a way of staying consistent, maybe mm-hmm. having a reason, you know, just like a, a schedule. Mm. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, it was Tybo in, in a video format in gym class. So I was like in a very, very small gym class for some reason. I think it was because of my 
music schedule. I was, so I was in, I was in all the activities. <laughs> um, and I, so I was stuck in this like really tiny gym class of like five people, maybe like we tried to play badminton and it wasn't even possible. Like, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was that small and um how did you have a five-person gym class yeah I mean I don't know I yeah I don't I don't know but you know the crazy part is like one of my best friends was in it oh, so it was like trouble basically right, May, or fun. maybe they were like these two girls are definitely going to skip class so we got to put them in the small class right. I don't know um and they put us in a back room with no teacher and the Tybo video <laughs> And just said, do this and just said, do this. And I started lead, like basically leading the class. Like that's so funny. Yeah. Naturally. So my path was very set. You were from, meant, it was always meant to be. It was always meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and you know, I was like, re, I remember like I recreated Tybo for my college soccer team. I don't know if I've ever done a type. It's just like kickboxing, right? Sort of. And you're just punching air. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I've ever done Tybo. <laughs> and um, yeah, you're punching air in place basically. And Okay. That can be with, challenging for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's fun. There's something about coordination and, you know, counting and moving at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about cognitive loading yeah. strategy right here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it stuck with me for a while. I recreated Tybo for my college soccer team. It was like, I would get them pumped up by doing Tybo and they would like laugh at me. <laughs> I mean, it was like absolutely ridiculous. Now, I mean, I can't believe I was like a 20 year old doing that in front of people. Anywho. So that, um, that's my, that's my group exercise story. <laughs> I think that's very cool. I think it's very cool that that was, you know, that you taught group X and that was a part of your life, you know? Yep. Um, so you guys, we want to know uh, what is coming up for you during this conversation. Um, did it make you angry? Did it make you excited to try something new? Did it help you uh, be a little bit more selective about your exercise? Let us know. We would also love to know if there's anything that you think we should take on in this format. I, I'm open to suggestions and exploring. Let us know on social media. We have the Think Fit Be Fit uh, Instagram channel at thinkfitbefit underscore podcast. We have my Instagram that I'm forever on, uh, Jennifer underscore Simone underscore Schwartz, Meredith at Meredith underscore Mac. And she's made her debut on TikTok as well. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the chaperone, chaperoning all these kids out there. <laughs> That's why they invited me. Oh, <laughs> There's man. an old person that looks like, <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> chaperoning with your roller skates on right that's sort of like, like um, high school dance yeah like yeah you're way cooler than like the flash dance people but you know. uh. um <laughs> the town in flash dance um i love that Pittsburgh. You, yeah that's that right like one of my favorite movies ever <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i mean you know talk about yeah group exercise and a cooperation high that's yeah that's i, think I mean that's, that's a whole nother level of camaraderie yep. strippers at a 
we'll get into that segment. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, fabulous. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And like I said, I can't wait to hear from you. And we are open to your suggestions for continuing the conversation. Thanks, Meredith. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> Have a great right. day. Bye. Bye. A special thanks to our music man, Darren O'Brien of Activity Partners. Check him out at darrenpatrickobrien.com. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the Think Fit, Be Fit podcast network.